Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. A man who made headlines promising to turn Memorial Hospital into a solution for the state's homelessness crisis is not all that he seems. Earlier this month, our own reporter, Amanda Milkovitz, released the first installment of her investigation into Michael Mata, a fast-talking businessman who is being chased for money in multiple states by creditors, investors, and vendors. Amanda is here to give us a behind-the-scenes look at the story. That's after this quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Welcome back. I'm here with my colleague, Amanda Milkovitz. Thanks for joining us today, Mandy. Oh, thanks for having me on, Eddie. On March 17th, The Globe ran the story you wrote after a 15-month investigation headline, Mike Mata in the Art of the Virtual Con. He's a great addition to the long, rich history of Rhode Island characters. So for those who have not read the story yet, and they should, who is Mike Mata and what did you find out about him? Okay, so the short version of Mike Mata is that he is a very colorful character from a state with many, many colorful characters. He's 42 years old. He's Portuguese, grew up in North Providence, um, has a master's degree in administration because at one point he wanted to be a school superintendent. Um, And in fact, he actually taught very briefly in uh, North Providence Elementary School, was a substitute teacher in Providence. But he actually had bigger dreams than being a superintendent, and he ended up working for a small marketing company that was bought by Alex and Ani. He became vice president of the little marketing company, and then he just really took off. After getting a taste of the big life at Alex and Ani, he eventually spun off into uh, working as a CEO uh, for Skyline at Water Place. Yeah, for those who don't know, Skyline is the restaurant right near- At the Water Place Basin, yep. He's been running that for several years, but he also really, his passion has always been mobsters, Hollywood mobsters and The Sopranos. He can quote The Sopranos like no other, and a lot of people say that he actually imitates The Sopranos. Uh, He actually has photoshopped himself with the Hollywood mobsters sitting around a casino table, for example. His face is photoshopped on top of Tony Soprano's face. He has pictures of himself with Tony Soprano, or or actually the late James Gandolfini. He has enormous murals of 
of Tony Soprano and The Godfather um, in his office. And at one point, he pretended to buy the sausage factory, which is where <laughs> Tony Soprano lived. Is that right? He uh, he did. Uh, now, you would not say that he was pretending, that he did indeed put in an offer that absolutely went nowhere. But yes, um, he actually posted a video of himself. All right, let's listen to that. It's Michael Mata, CEO of Virtual Cons. Listen, we're at the Sausage Factory. I have Sir William Benson from Billionaires Row and R3T. I have Scotty Millard, and we're in the backyard. We just talked to the owner of the house. We made him an offer he can't refuse. I can't tell you what's happening yet, but it's pretty big. So he did not buy the house. Oh, no, no, no. And, and and like many things, as I discovered after investigating Mike Mata, a lot of things he says are not true or are wildly exaggerated. I mean, for example, he said that he was actually the vice president of Alex Anani. What does Alex Anani say about that? <laughs> So uh, Carolyn Rafalian, who would probably know, she's the, the the founder of the company, says he was not. People who worked with him said he was not. All right, let's play the clip of you asking him about that. You're saying that you were the vice president of marketing for Alex Anani. I'm not saying it. I was the vice president of marketing for Alex Anani. I worked for Alex Anani. I know you did. I was given the title of vice president of Alex Anani marketing. Then we had a company where we brought on Seven Swords and I was the vice president of business development for that as well. But I reported directly to the owner and the CEO of the company. What do you make of what he, he told you? Okay, it's not true. It's just not true. I, it, and, and that's what I found. I've interviewed Mike actually multiple times. Each time I've actually had evidence to counteract what he says. And he insists that what he's telling people is accurate. Hmm. And is it true that he has his own cryptocurrency? That's something that started last August as a spinoff from his virtual cons. He started selling virtual coin. It started at maybe two cents and then quickly went up. It increased. I've spoken to people who bought anywhere from a few hundred dollars worth to several thousand dollars worth of the cryptocurrency. And at one point they said, I'm looking and I'm a millionaire. At one point, he even used his brother-in-law and uh, the owner of Bristol County um, Auto Exchange in Massachusetts to show that the, you could use your cryptocurrency to buy a used car. Let's listen to that. Michael Mata, CEO of Virtual Cons. Listen, I told you Virtual Coin was going to be the future, and the future is now. We don't wait. I'm down here at Bristol County. Listen, Eddie is here. He's the owner, dear friend of mine, and he's the first one to ever take a coin for a purchase. Virtual coin just made history. First time you could ever buy a vehicle using the coin. Let's do it. Boom. Is that something that can happen? No, it actually did not happen. Not only know that from several sources who are familiar with that, Mike Mata himself said it was staged. Hmm. He acknowledged that to you. He acknowledged it. He said, this is something that we are going to do. You can't do that. With cryptocurrency, you can't say this actually happened. He did not tell his viewers, this is something we're going to do. He said, we are making history. But then January 1st, 2022 rolls around and guess what? They took it off of the Knightsbridge Exchange. He said that he offered people if they wanted, they could buy it back for what they paid. Nobody's gotten anything back. Hmm. And you say he obsesses over Tony Soprano, but what happened with the Sopranos convention he was involved with? So he had actually two major Sopranos conventions, one at the Meadowlands in New Jersey in 2019, and then there was one in 2021, which was combined with the Mob Movie Awards. There was a lot of talk that people were not getting paid, not just the actors who showed up, but the vendors themselves who weren't paid. Some of them have sued 
Mike Mata over this. In fact, one a recent lawsuit was filed by Harris, which um, hosted the 2021, and is suing him for $274,000. What is the total now with that lawsuit that Mata is accused of owing? It's uh, getting close now to $800,000 that he's uh, either been sued for or defaulted on. So let's listen to a clip where you confront him about all the money he owes. People are, people are, are like on the record saying, calling you a con artist. But what's the con? What did they do that they didn't get taken care of? Paid. We go one for one, which one? <laughs> yeah, uh, people oh. who said they didn't get paid that you promised well, something you don't deliver. Well, what does that yeah. mean though? How did I make it in life so far and I didn't pay people? It's just, it's asinine. It's actually insulting. Okay. You know, to even hear stupidness. So what have other people said in response to this story? Who have, been, who have you been hearing from? Since the story published, I am being bombarded with calls and emails from people saying, have I got stories for you? They're coming forward with emails and text messages and receipts proving that he does owe them money. And, you know, it was hard at first getting people to talk to me because they thought it was hopeless. They thought, what are you going to do? You know, there's no law enforcement doing anything about it. There's no public officials doing anything about it. He's just going on. I mean, now he's involved with Memorial Hospital. And, and how is the newspaper story going to make any difference? And all I wanted to do was try to put it all together to show here's the whole scope of it. The story about the cryptocurrency and the Sopranos, it's all very interesting. But I, when I read the story, I thought, well, this is relevant because he has grand plans for two key sites where either city government or state government is involved. The Skyline Restaurant and Venue Place uh, near Water Place in Providence and the former Memorial Hospital property in Pawtucket. So tell us what he proposes for each of those and where those plans stand. Okay, so Skyline at Water Place, he and his father-in-law, a uh, Boston nightclub operator, and David Ponarelli all became partners for Skyline back in 2016. And they had grand plans. They were going to do a big renovation. You know, it went off the rails pretty quickly. Uh, they didn't open on time, first of all, because they said the renovations put them back. And then shortly after they opened, uh, they started falling behind. They needed different abatements from the city. You know, for example, this is broken. We'll take care of it, but give us a couple months rent off. And then they were late with the rent. Just to underscore this point, the city of Providence owns Skyline, right? right? And Mata was allowed to go for 32 months without paying rent at all. So the rationale was the building really needed work. There were leaks in the clock tower, issues with the elevator. There was like a variety of things. And he said his public adjuster found, it was I think it was like more than $400,000 worth of work. Did they do the work? Well, Mike says they did. The city says we don't have proof. So let's talk about Memorial Hospital. It struck me that that's relevant to taxpayers in a couple ways. Mata's been pushing for state officials to war award him grants and other financial support, totaling how much to renovate? Mike Mata told me it could be $50 million to $90 million. He claims that he has spent about a million dollars on renovations already at Memorial Hospital, but that's money coming from this bank in Puerto Rico. It's all really murky. You asked Mata about who he was talking to in state government. Let's listen to what he had to say. I just, just talked tell to me what you want to know. Like, I don't understand. I just told what you what I, I want to know. What do I get from the state? I don't have anything from the state. I what never said you They're did. coming to us, begging us. Who's to have coming a place, here? The state. Who? The people of the governor's office. Who? The people that are trying to fix the homelessness. No, seriously, you're like, who are you, talk are you talking to? Are you talking to Judge Saul? Who? who are of you course. He called me direct. He called you direct. 100%. You want to see his cell phone? Number? Yeah, sure. Okay. 
I mean, I don't understand. Josh Saul, Secretary of Housing, many text messages. You think I'm not talking to people? I mean, Memorial Hospital is a beautiful building to help fix homelessness. Mm -hmm. The building's been sitting there for five years. I've been there every day. I don't see you there one day cleaning up. Hey, Amanda, why aren't you cleaning up at Memorial <laughs> Hospital? No, let me let me ask you uh, just to explain. Josh yeah. Saul is the former former Rhode Island State Housing Secretary. The current Housing Secretary is who? Is Stephen Pryor. And what does Stephen Pryor have to say about the situation? That is a great question. After my story came out, I went to the State House because I wanted to ask him, okay, what are you doing? What is happening here? He really didn't want to answer questions. He said that all options are on the table. And I asked him directly, well, does one option involve working with a guy who many people say is a con artist? And he repeated, all options are on the table. All options are on the table and chased him into the hallway. Uh, I mean, one You chased him in the hallway at the state house? At the state house, yes. I mean, because I think we really need to hear from our, our public officials about what their involvement is with Michael Mata. I think we really need to hear some answers from our public officials about what they are entertaining. Yeah, what does this tell you about the vetting process for these private contractors working with the state? I don't know what the vetting process is, and that troubles me. I think the state really needs to answer some questions. It's not enough to get a statement from somebody that says all options are on the table. Why on earth are all options on the table? I know other media outlets had begun to report on projects Mata was involved with. What did you think when you saw those? I was really troubled because I could tell that they didn't know. There was no exploration about why him, what has he done, and what do state officials think about that. We can't do surface reporting like that. All of us journalists need to take a hard look at some of these projects. I think it's easy to look at Memorial Hospital, a really decrepit building, and the situation of homelessness, a problem that desperately needs to be solved and say, great solution. But is it? How did you get him to sit down with you for three hours to talk about all this? He had actually reached out to me in February 2022 when he heard I was looking around. And I really didn't have any great questions for him because I didn't know what was going on. So he just talked to me for a couple hours on the phone. But by October, I knew what I wanted to ask him. But his lawyer said he didn't want him to talk. So, but John Tomacki, the amazing photographer at the Boston Globe. He took that great picture of Whitey Bulger. He took the amazing photos of Sheila Bentley, the you know the oh, ex-wife yeah, yeah, of yeah. Buddy Cianci. He drove down uh, from Boston to take Mike's picture at his office in uh, Smithfield and called up Mike and said, hey, you know, I really wanted to take your picture by Sopranos. And uh, Mike was like, I'll be there. I'm on my way. So then Mike invited me to come in and take a look at his collection. He has a great, I mean, it's pretty pretty impressive what he has, and showed me around and then invited me to sit down in his office and we talked for three hours, or rather he talked for three hours. Wow. And that was not the only time. We we spoke multiple times. We spoke on the courthouse steps in January. I chased him out of a board of licenses meeting and spoke to him. You certainly had a chance to tell his side of the story, right? right. So he, he sounds like a fast-talking salesman, but why is this important to the public? I think what was important was to put the whole thing together because everybody I spoke to who had any type of dealings with them said to me, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known about this. I wish I'd known that he hadn't been paying his bills. I wish I'd known that he wasn't a vice president at Alex and Ani, for example. I wish I'd known that he was just a fast talker. I mean, one woman I spoke to who had invested about $25,000 into his company, 
um, said that, you know, when he was talking about the investment, you had, you know, the the whiteboard and the explanations of how much money they were going to make. She said, he sounds like a businessman. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He surrounded himself with celebrities who've since distanced themselves. But she said, you don't think he's crazy. So now it's all together. Everything is put together. And the people who've been reaching out to me since then said, I knew about this, but I didn't know about all of that. Amanda Milkovitz, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. To see more of Amanda's reporting on Michael Mata, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Here are some more stories to check out this week in Globe, Rhode Island. The State Division of Motor Vehicles plans to revise its driver's manual after civil rights advocates called some of its guidance dubious, condescending, and erroneous. Brian Amaral has the details. In a Globe, Rhode Island commentary piece, Save the Bay's Topher Hamlet and Michael Woods of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers says it's time for the General Assembly to protect Rhode Islanders' shoreline rights. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Scott Hellman, and Carlos Munoz. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.